podcast. Diving, diving deep. deep. Diving deep into all things Texas, both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast and Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General, Sean McClain. Welcome, welcome to Utopia. Hey everybody, welcome in the Utopia Football Podcast. We are just a couple days away from the biggest game in the history of the Houston Texans as they travel to Baltimore for the divisional round of the playoffs. we got a busy, busy episode for you today. Um, we'll do some for real or fugazis. We're going to do uh, a six-pack to get you ready for the game, and we've got a, a Ravens insider, a Ravens podcast host, Rita Hubbard, going to join us here shortly. I'm Sean Pendergast, one half of Payne and Pendergast on Sports Radio 610, joined as always by my good friend, the Hall of Famer, and our senior columnist at SportsRadio610.com, John McClain. John, we're two days away, and uh, and um, I think uh, a lot of excitement surrounding this game, and uh, the excitement continues to build for C.J. Stroud. A lot of attention the Texans and Stroud are getting heading into this game. They're getting a lot of well-deserved national recognition on all the football shows, national talk shows, and uh, there's a buzz about this team. And uh, and one of the reasons it starts at the top with D'Amico, you know, I was watching him. He's always had such a great smile. It's kind of a captivating smile. And even though Stroud is an assassin out there, he's also – he's he people warm to him because of his personality. Uh, he's not – he's just so humble and honest. And so I think that people – like them, and even if they lose to the Ravens, it'll be everybody will be so fired up about them next season. But it's a great opportunity, you know. They hope that the Ravens are are out of sync because they haven't played. They rested the starters, and then they got a bye week. The Texans are hot, and they should be confident coming off that uh, that great victory over the Browns. And I've got a column I'm working on. D'Amico's last game here was that loss to the. Uh, Ravens in the divisional round after the 2011 season, and he would certainly wish to go back and win this one, and what an incredible victory it would be for them to upset the Ravens and give Houston a team in the AFC championship game for the first time since the 79 Oilers. Yeah, it's uh, it'll be great. The the line is back up to nine and a half. It had dropped to nine earlier this week. Um, it's back up to nine and a half. So that, it, it seems as though unless some late money comes in on the Ravens, it seems as though the betting community has largely agreed that the Ravens, at least on paper, are slightly better than a touchdown. You know, they're they're a I'll call it a two score better. You know, John, you know, nine, nine and a half, ten points. Um, does that line without giving away your prediction? Does that line feel about right to you? Like uh, kind of where are you surprised? At the- I think it's a little high based on the yeah. way the Texans have played and based on the inactivity of the Ravens. I think a lot of it has to do with playing outdoors in cold weather. The coldest mm-hmm. game they played in was 48 degrees in Nashville. It was 58 at MetLife Stadium in New Jersey. So I think the weather, the divisional round, the fact that the Ravens are the best team in the AFC may be the best in the NFC because they wallop the 49ers. And uh, I think if the Texans could keep it close, if they lose, they would they would capture even more respect from the nationwide audience i agree all right um so let's do this we're going to do a six-pack we're going to do some for real or fugazis but before we do that rita hubbard the nfl chick is what she goes by on twitter at the nfl chick she is the host of the winning drive podcast which is our baltimore ravens podcast in this odyssey family of nfl podcasts. rita hubbard joined john and i a little bit earlier here is that conversation breaking down the baltimore ravens 
All right, it is Texans and it is Ravens, and it is Saturday, 3.30 Houston time, 4.30 Eastern time. Uh, Big one, the Texans with a divisional round win over the Cleveland Browns move on, and now they face the top-seeded Baltimore Ravens. Joining us right now on the Utopia Football Podcast to help give us the Baltimore perspective on this huge matchup coming up on Saturday afternoon, uh, Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick. She is uh, host of The Winning Drive, which is our Baltimore Ravens podcast here in the Odyssey family. Rita, it's great to talk to you. How you feeling a couple days out from this matchup here? Thank you guys for having me. Uh, I would be lying if I didn't say that I was a little nervous and a little anxious. You know, I think that that's what happens when you haven't seen uh, your first teamers in about three weeks. So you start getting a little antsy and wondering, you know, how everything is going to unfold. So the big story here, obviously, this season has been C.J. Stroud and the rookie year that he's had. And obviously, Lamar Jackson's about to win his second MVP. A question that I brought up on my show, my radio show this morning, or just, I guess, a a, a, a question or theory or whatever it may be. Um, I'm curious what the confidence level is in Lamar. I feel like the confidence level in C.J. Stroud here universally is that he's going to play a really good game because he's been awesome down the stretch here with the bright lights. We know that Lamar Jackson is a great football player, but he struggled in the postseason. What what do you sense the confidence level is right now surrounding the Ravens when it comes to Lamar's performance this coming Saturday? I, you know, they, they use the, the term locked in a lot around here. Um, you know, Lamar has been a person that um, the, the accolades that are either individually or the team accolades week to week have no effect on him. I don't want to say no, but it doesn't have the effect on him that people would like to think. Um, It's interesting because I think in the Dolphins game, they put on the Jumbotron that Lamar had, you know, set some record uh, for rushing or something. And they tried to kind of get him on the the Jumbotron to acknowledge it. He's not acknowledging it at all. He's just really, you know, his focus is the Super Bowl, And, you know, he knows what happened in 2019 he knows what happened in 2020. He obviously mixed, missed the last two seasons in 2021 and 2022. So he really feels like this is the next step for him. I've won an MVP. I've won a Heisman Trophy. What I need now to solidify my legacy is to go to and win a Super Bowl. So I definitely think that he feels all the the, the past Uh, playoff situations uh, in his head, but he also wants to move forward because this is a different Ravens team that they've had in those playoff years. Yeah, Uh, Reid, I wanted to ask you, uh, going back to the uh, first game, Todd Monken was in his first game as the offensive coordinator. Have you seen Jackson in the offense uh, evolve with him compared to Greg Roman? It's just been a, a, a huge difference. And 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 in terms of the run game, it's not that much of a difference because I think that Munkin adopted um, some of the run schemes that Greg Roman had there. But from a perspective of the uh, passing, def- uh, excuse me, offense, I definitely see a difference. Um, from the Greg Roman offense, it appeared to me that what he would do a lot was allow guys to kind of run option routes And for I think that was the problem with the the spacing that we would hear about, like from analysts that will watch the film. Um, And that doesn't necessarily always work. Some guys are really good at option routes. Some guys are not. And I think with Todd Munkin, he allows the guys that are able to do the option routes to do them. But then there are guys that you kind of have to, 
give a little bit of structure to. And I think that the biggest thing is that Todd Munkin allows Lamar to see the field as fit and to go with the play that works best for that situation. So um, he truly trusts Lamar. He allows him to open up a little bit. And again, you know, everybody is not out there running option routes. There are some guys that are actually, you know, running routes from the tree. There are some guys that know how to get in between the zones and you're allowing them to kind of freelance there. But ultimately, I do think that he's allowed him to be his best self by implementing things that he sees as best for what's going on with the defense that they're facing. Another thing, too, is that he also trusts Lamar to kind of just freelance it a little bit. You hear Zay Flowers talk about Lamar said, you know, go out there and just play school ball. Go out there and just, you know, play like, you know, you're in high school or whatever. So you know what that means. It's, it's basically a sense of getting open and finding chemistry with those wide receivers that you're playing with. So he has a lot of trust in the guys that he has now, as opposed to not having as much um, consistency at wide receiver in years past. And then you add Todd Munkin, who trusts him and just gives him the passing concepts and schemes that will help them unfold and, and move down the field. And it's been very successful thus far. Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, joining us. She is host of the Winning Drive, the Ravens podcast, as part of our Odyssey family here. Um, Rita, sticking with the offense for a second, it sounds like Mark Andrews at least is back to being a full participant in practice as we talk to you uh, here as we record this. Um, does that mean that he's definitely coming back for this game? And if so, what's the effect here for the Ravens, especially considering the fact that Isaiah likely has become a nice weapon for Lamar Jackson in Andrew's absence this season? Yeah, it's funny because on Monday, I probably would have told you, I don't foresee Mark Andrews playing unless they maybe advance to the AFC championship game um, and allow him to get himself together. And then on Tuesday and Wednesday, he had very, very good practices, like to the point where he looked really good. And so now I, I've gone from, I don't think he's going to play this weekend to maybe he does play this weekend. Now, if he does, obviously, I think that there's going to be a pitch count. He's not going to probably play more than maybe 20% of the snaps. And maybe that he's a guy that they'll particularly target in the red zone uh, because he is a big target for them. But I don't think that that's going to take much away from Isaiah likely um, outside of the red zone if Mark Andrews does play. And like you said, they've created a rapport and likely has done a really good job in place of Mark Andrews. But Mark Andrews is a guy who, when we talked about allowing guys to kind of, you know, go into the zones and, and, and run option routes, he's the best at what he does. And clearly him and Lamar have a connection. So I think if Mark Andrews is at 80%, 85%, I, I think that he'll play, not at a full capacity, of course, but I definitely think you'll see a little bit of him out there for sure. Ray, last week, Texans went up against the number one defense, now the number one scoring defense, team that gets after the quarterback better than any in the NFL. Uh, Lamar gets most of the publicity, of course, and your number one running game. But what about the defense and the, how much better it is under McDonald? This is the defense that has really, really flourished. Uh, one of the concerns, 
when you play in a division like the AFC North, particularly once you start to see what Cleveland has done in the offseason, bringing, you know, when they brought in guys like Amari Cooper the previous offseason, they have a really good tight end and Joku. And then the, the Bengals, of course, um, with their wide receiving core. And the Steelers have a pretty decent one, too, with Deontay Johnson. Um, as well as as Pickens. So you kind of have to find someone that's going to try to neutralize these wide receivers. And the Bengals was the biggest problem for the Ravens in the previous years. Here comes Mike McDonald. He's done a really good job of keeping those receivers in front of them as opposed to allowing them to get behind them. Um, a lot of it is scheme, but we have to also acknowledge the personnel that they've had. They, you know, we all know that they traded for Roquan Smith last year, and that has up that has really bolstered up the middle of the field with their linebacking group. Kyle Hamilton has been a, a all pro this year, a, a kid that, you know, second year, and a lot of people said he was a little too slow, and then he turns out being one of the best players that they have um, in that secondary. And so while you have to assume that Marlon Humphrey's not going to play because he hasn't practiced this week, um, I think that they're confident with the scheme that they use, but also they have guys that have stepped up this year. Brandon Stevens is a guy that has really come in and done, done well. Ronald Darby has played well since he got signed. And Arthur Millette, who a lot of people, including myself, saw him in Pittsburgh and wasn't really impressed, has really turned around and made this really look good. And then they also run three safeties pretty often. Um, so you'll see Geno Stone, Marcus Williams, and Kyle Hamilton out there often. So I'm very curious to see how that's going to play out because you have to assume that Schultz is going to be one of their big targets outside of Nico Collins. I'd expect to see some three uh, safety sets. But Mike McDonald has been fantastic at putting guys in their best position and allowing them to flourish in that in that way. Okay, so Rita, for those watching on the video, is the cat that just went behind you on the couch, is that bad luck for us or bad luck for you? What, how, well, what my that cat happen? has a problem. I just want you guys to know, every time I record, the cat <laughs> has to get on the screen. It doesn't matter. As soon as she funny. sees the light is on, she's like, Oh, she's doing a podcast. Okay, well, then I'm gonna go ahead and uh make my 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 uh quick appearance. So that's what she did. I apologize, guys. No, no apology necessary. <laughs> this is what podcast. This is what podcasts are all about. It's about the unvarnished, the raw things like cats walking in the background. I don't like hearing that your cat is a frequent contributor to these podcasts because you guys are the number one seed in thirteen and four. So that tells <laughs> me it's been bad. That tells me it's been bad luck for the other teams. That's it's now, a tradition listen, now. It's possible. That it, it could be close, it could be close, man, because usually she'll sit behind me and sit there. She just did a quick drive by just she did, now. So she did. We it's scared very her possible off, John. that this might be a little bit different because for whatever reason, she didn't like the vibe of what was funny. going on and she had to move along. <laughs> That's great. Rita Hubbard joining us here on the Utopia Football Podcast. Um, so Rita, I want to go a little deeper with one of the one of the Ravens you just mentioned on defense. The Texans had the 13th overall pick in the draft two years ago. And I was pining for Kyle Hamilton big time that year that they take him at 13. They move back to 15 and leave him sitting there for the Ravens at 14. It, it's really hurt that the Texans drafted Kenyon Green, who's been injured all season and hasn't played well. Um, can you uh, dig a little deeper on the impact that Kyle Hamilton's had? Like you mentioned, first team all pro, but as someone who watched every snap of him in college at Notre Dame, I don't care about the 40 time. He is freaky as hell. Can you Can you speak to the impact that he's had on that defense and where you think that how important an ingredient is he to trying to stop CJ Stroud and slow down that Texans offense this weekend? He has been uh, a huge piece of what this defense wants to do. 
And there, there's literally games that I could pinpoint where uh, Kyle Hamilton had been removed, and you can see the difference when he's not out there. The the Rams game is one of them where he had gotten hurt. That's the game that he sprained his MCL, and um, he did come back in, but eventually he didn't finish the game, and it, it just literally felt like it was night and day without Kyle Hamilton. He is a big centerpiece in terms of what it is that they want to do because you can use him for anything. He can blitz. He plays well kind of in the linebacker situation. He can also help you, you know, at, at the back of the uh, – the pack part of your defense. So he really is so multifaceted. And the way I really love Mike McDonald is he utilizes him in every single way. Here's a kid that's what, 6'4", you know, he has a, a, a huge wingspan. He might not be that fast, but, but he's also very cerebral and very mm -hmm. smart as well uh, when it comes to, you know, he's, he's very into watching film. He is a obsessed with watching film. So when you start adding all of those components together, you get a player like Kyle Hamilton who, okay, so he didn't do, you know, well at a combine, but what did the tape say to you? You know what I mean? And so the Ravens were very lucky because there were rumors that the Ravens were going to try to get Jordan Davis. And as we know, Philadelphia switched with the Texans, traded up, yeah. got him. And that hasn't worked out for Philly. So I think this all kind of, sorry for the Texans. I apologize. Yeah. Then we took your guy, but um, it all worked out the way that it should because there was real concern that the Ravens were going to take Jordan Davis if yeah. if he was available there. Rita Sean went to uh, Notre Dame, so he loves yeah. Hamilton. <laughs> Texans, got ah. there you go. Texans got one of his former teammates. We call him Big Heine, Kurt Heinish, a <laughs> defensive tackle who was an undrafted free agent, but plays a role and a really improved defensive line. I'd like to go back to what you mentioned earlier. We've seen teams in the past uh, give the starters off the last week of regular season, then they get the bye week off. So it's three weeks, and sometimes they're a little off target or not as in sync. And you, you mentioned that early on. Uh, would Lamar need to, like, run to get in sync, or do you expect him to come out and be pinpoint with his receivers? I don't think Lamar's interested in running unless he absolutely positively has to. He's shown that um, numerous times this year. There are times when I'm like, okay, there's a lane right there. Just get the first down, and he just will not take it. He, he wants to try to get the ball out by throwing it instead of running. Um, I definitely think that, you know, they'll probably just try to continue to do what they've done. It's funny because I get a lot of flack. Because I was one of those people that was like, if they get a first round, you know, that's great. They get the one seed. But also, what about the momentum? Does that not matter? And and people are like, no, They're like you, you want them to get the one seed so they can get healthy. And that is completely fair, right? You earn the right to get uh, be healthy and, and get yourself prepared down the stretch. Uh, but it's always going to be something that you look at in terms of, who is just moving and vibing at the moment. And as of right now, the Texans are playing fantastic football. We saw what they did against the Colts a couple weeks ago um, and getting that AFC South title. And then we saw them basically obliterate the Cleveland Browns. Um, and I just didn't see that one coming because I felt like the Browns had some balance there. So right now they're really in a groove. They're in sync. And you hope that even though the Ravens have – their starters have not really played in three weeks. 
um, that the practices that they've been doing, because they did practice last week as well, and outside, they've been practicing outside all week, helps them try to kind of not be too rusty when it comes to starting off, because the Texans are hot right now. You really can't afford to come off with a slow start. you got to be able to, to match that energy if you want to kind of not allow them to get ahead the way that they did with the Browns last week. So, Rita, last one before John and I get you out of here. How do you think it plays out on Saturday? What's your prediction? Uh, so, I, you know, the Ravens are an interesting team. They're a team that kind of, they, they kind of get slow starts anyway. Every now and again, they'll find a hot start. Uh, the Lions game is one that I can pinpoint. Um, also the uh, Seahawks game. They also started good with the Rams game, but they've had some slow starts as well. The 49ers game is an example. Um, so they look, they haven't played in three weeks. I, I definitely think that it'll be a, a slow start. And I definitely think that CJ Stroud is going to keep the, make sure that they are in this ball game. I think it's going to be a pretty uh, fun game and close game, but ultimately um, it's hard for me to pick against a team with the number one scoring defense and the number two scoring offense, right? Oh, yeah. So, uh, and this is not me being biased. I love the Texans, by the way. Uh, I, I am extremely happy for C.J. Stroud, D'Amico Ryans, and what they're doing over there. But I do think that the ride ends at M&T Bank State. Well, you're not going to get any flack from us on picking the number one seed in the AFC. Just <laughs> so you know, it may happen. It may happen a couple more times on the podcast before we're. Uh, before we're out of here. So um, good stuff. You can get her. Is it part of your Twitter handle there is covered up? Yeah. Is it at the NFL chick? Yes. I I, I do not necessarily uh, suggest you follow me because I'm, uh, I'm an interesting follow. Well, then that, all the uh, more reason to follow you. Finding me on podcasts are much better because I come polished and prepared. Uh, I am all <laughs> over the place when it comes to being on Twitter. But if oh, you, you like just... that, then please follow I think you just guaranteed yourself several more follows right there. Rita Hubbard joining us here. The podcast is the Winning Drive podcast. Good stuff about the Baltimore Ravens, who obviously are the number one seed in the AFC. It's been a heck of a year in Baltimore. Rita, really appreciate the time. Enjoy the conversation. Enjoy the game. Thank you, Rita. Thank you guys for having me. All right, thank you. That's Rita Hubbard joining us here on the Utopia Football Podcast.